I've never met a woman who is not doing enough to get pregnant. So I just want to say that, like, at least the ones I've worked with, like, most of them are doing too much. And so when we talk about fertility, it kind of goes against everything that we were taught growing up as far as health goes. The eat less, move more, intensity workouts, sweating, like sweating during your, making yourself sweat during your workouts, that kind of stuff. We got to take a little bit of a different approach when it comes to fertility because your fertility likes a little bit of lazy. She likes a little bit of cushion. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Welcome to the Messy Mom Podcast by Fit Mama and 30. I'm Bailey. And I'm Carrie. And the Messy Mom Podcast is all about ditching the idea of perfection during motherhood and embracing the messy, ranging from topics about pre and postnatal health and wellness, infertility, mom guilt, and of course, the craziness that comes with raising a family. So if you would like to live on this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review as this helps other mamas learn to embrace the messy with us. So get ready for 30 minutes of real, raw, and messy content. Let's get started. Hey, hey, mamas. Carrie here. And it's just Carrie. (laughs) Carrie and a guest on this episode of the Messy Mom Podcast. If you know, Bailey and I live in Indiana and Cincinnati, so it's April which means it's allergy season. So allergy season has claimed Bailey's voice and it's not giving it back. So (laughs) this episode, I am solo talking to Whitney. We have actually had Whitney on our podcast before. She is a registered dietitian specializing in fertility. So she's a fertility coach now, fertility coach and dietitian. We had her on about a year ago and we discussed secondary infertility. Such a good episode. If you haven't listened to that one, definitely go back to it. She's a wealth of knowledge and she is very similar thinking to Bailey and myself. Just always a pleasure to talk to. So lots of lots of nuggets in this one. I'm personally not trying to have another baby ever, but I have two. That's plenty for me. But for those of you who are struggling or are in that season, even if you're not struggling, if you're in that season where we talk about how you know, I got married at 25. I wasn't, we weren't ready to have children until about 30. But when the time comes, you put so much pressure on yourself to just do everything, you know, to overtrack, to focus on eating, focus on exercise. So our conversation really stemmed from that point of, okay, maybe we're all overdoing it. You know, so we talk through signs and symptoms of what are, are you overdoing it? Sometimes too much and too perfect is actually exactly the opposite of what you should be doing. So Whitney just goes into so many nuggets. If I was trying to get pregnant, this would have been a very helpful podcast. So I hope you enjoy it. We share a bunch of resources in the notes too. So if you kind of connect and jive with Whitney, we we love her. We actually don't know her personally. We feel like we do because we are Instagram friends, but so many resources. We will link that in the show notes, but we hope you really enjoy this one. And if you know, if you're not trying, but you have a friend who's going through it, I know I have several friends right now who kind of are in that season of life where they seem to be doing everything and the blood test came back normal and no one really has answers except for moving to that next step of IUI or IVF. We kind of talk about that too. There are other options, believe it or not, and they might work for you. So excited about this episode. It's a quick one, less than the 30-minute listen with lots of nuggets. So enjoy. 
Hey, Whitney, welcome to the Messy Mom. Well, I should say welcome back to the Messy Mom podcast. Thank you for having me. I am very, very excited to be here today. I know. We were just talking. It's been like, what, a year? Yeah. It's been a year. It's been a busy year. (laughs) It feels like it's been a lifetime, but it has Mm -hmm. been a year. Yep. Ever since 2020, I feel like every year is kind of like five years. So that's how I'm that's how I'm qualifying it. <laughs> that's how we feel around here too. Mm-hmm. But for those of you who have not got the pleasure of listening to Whitney on our previous podcast, Whitney, why don't you just tell whatever you want to share, schooling, family, how you got into this, just share it all. Well, I'm Whitney. I am a registered dietitian turned fertility coach, and now I help women get pregnant, and it is the best job ever. (laughs) Yes. So needed. It is so needed. Mm -hmm. It's basically I'm giving the education we all should have gotten back when we were 14, 15, and just never got, and now we're in our mid-30s, and we're just learning it for the first time, but better late than never, right? (laughs) I totally agree. Totally agree. Share a little bit about your personal life family. I know you're a mama. I am a mom. I'm a mom of two. My son is eight, going on nine in May, and then my daughter is six, and I own my own business. And oh, I'm also married. (laughs) My husband, David, an important (laughs) part of the puzzle as well. (laughs) Hey, David. She loves you. (laughs) (laughs) And we live in Indiana, and it's a pretty quiet life, and yeah. I'm born and raised in the Midwest. I went to school at Ohio State, go Bucks, and did my graduate uh, or my undergrad and graduate work in nutrition and dietetics and human ecology. And here I am. <laughs> I love it. I forgot our kids are exactly the same age. I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. I do remember that now. It's a doozy. Yeah. It's a, it's it a really wild is. ride. It's it's definitely, especially with my son going on nine, like we're definitely in transition, like getting out of the little kid stage into like the responsibility and things like, oh, it's a different ball game now. <laughs> it really is. It's like crazy when you think of like, you go through all those, like the baby stages and the different, and then, but this is, this has been a huge transition too, in terms of they want to be responsible and can be to some degree, but it is finding that balance between you are eight, almost nine, but <laughs> you're still eight. Only. Yeah, exactly. It's definitely, it's fun, but it it is, I told David the other day, so up until now, it's been mostly like keeping them alive. And now nice. it's transitioned into making them good people. And totally agree. <laughs> it, like, I know. Testing me. <laughs> it's testing me too. Yeah. Cause like you now you know, like, well, they hear things and it's like, yes. okay, I need to be the person who addresses, like, you know, before it's little stuff and now it's like serious issues. We're like, okay, we need to have a talk about this. Cause this, exactly. is, this could be a life-changing conversation. I know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've had a lot of those this the last couple of years where I'm like, all right, here we go. All right. This is it. And my son, is, he's like, mom, you just, you keep talking about it and you just keep talking. I'm going to keep talking about it, sir. Here we go. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, the first time we had you on, I know we talked about secondary infertility. So I know we did a little intro. And um, so today we're going to talk about how stress, as all of you know, impacts everything in your life. But obviously that folds into infertility. So just from your, you know, your expertise, your experience, how does overall stress impact, you know, your physical, mental, all the stress impact fertility? So first, I think it's really good to qualify what kind of stress we're talking about. So when we talk about stress relating to fertility, I'm not talking about like a one-time deadline or like a one holiday event or things like that. It's the chronic things that that add up over time. 
the things like a, a commute. We're back in the office going back and forth to work. Maybe it's a job you don't like. Maybe you're working 10, 12 hours a day and your boss is on you all the time and you've got terrible coworkers, like that kind of stress. And then add on top poor sleep and nutrient deficiencies. So when we talk about stress, there is a good kind of stress, the kind that kind of, I call it like a fire under your ass kind of stress, like yep. get things done. Okay, I have a deadline. I got to hustle and get this done. But it's the all the time stress that's not getting resolved. There's no downtime. And it's oftentimes the chronic kind of stress is the kind that accompanies fertility struggles because it's something that, especially if you're the female, is something that you are aware of every single day. You wake up and you're like, all right, what cycle day is it? Do we, am I close to ovulating? Am I in my two week wait? Am I bleeding? Am I, do I need to take a, a pill or a medication of some kind? Like there's the every single day, just I call it like circling the same drain. <laughs> and that chronic stress does a doozy on our hormones and can impact our health in such, such a strong way. And it is also, I saying all of this, I can also acknowledge it is the most frustrating thing to address because it's not always tangible. You can't always quit your job. You can't always, quit your commute. You can't always, you know, quit your family. There are things in your life that aren't always flexible. And so getting out of that chronic st stress cycle, I think is much, much harder than following a diet or taking a pill because it's something that you got to work on all the time. And it is real frustrating. <laughs> a lot of effort. And I think, I mean, we'll, we'll dive more into this too, but it's funny to look back now. So, you know, like you said, you know, you, I got married when I was 25. And we weren't ready to have kids. We had babies at the same time. <laughs> Is it 25? Yeah. yeah. Like I got married when I was 25. We were not ready to have children. Mm -hmm. Like we decided we wanted around 30 was when we were going to have, you know, babies. So you spend five years, even though you're married, like not ready for children, like not ready for children. And then when you are ready, I like, and looking back now, I mean, with my first child, I was on Clomid. Mm -hmm. But looking back, like cycles were fine. Like everything was fine. And it's just, I do think like because it was such this in my head timeline of, oh no, like we said, yeah. now is the time because my second baby, there was no effort or like mm -hmm. it was just, just happened and nothing changed. Yeah. We put a lot of pressure on ourselves. Yeah. For these like state, like it's got to be by this and it's got to do this. So I can't mm -hmm. imagine like, you know, several years later and this, you know, now getting into the focus, our pre and postnatal focus, you, you can't imagine what, what affects those little things that you don't really think has an impact, have a major impact on you. Absolutely. Well, and by the time we decide to have children, we're kind of ready to do it now. Like it's like, all right, we're yeah. going to do this. And we play the game where we're like, oh, we're just going to try and see what happens. But in the back of your head, you're like, all right, I'm ready to, I'm ready to yeah. get this show going. So when we finally do decide that it's the right time, which I mean, there's no right time doesn't exist. But when we decide it's an okay time, we're ready to move forward quickly, as opposed to like waiting a couple years, like you said. Totally agree. So we kind of talked about like, obviously, the stress of your life, like the you know job stress, family stress, whatever, can being too like, I know another people other was like, you know, when they're ready to have kids, another thing that people, especially females, start thinking about is like, how can I be my healthiest? I want to mm -hmm. be in my best shape. I want to be the healthiest. Do you think being too focused on clean eating and exercise and this routine also have an impact on fertility? I love that you brought this up because I always, I do joke all the time, like I attract a certain kind of lady. <laughs> I attract women. <laughs> I think it's something in my personality or just, I just, I attract 
really successful type A women who are used to, if I work hard, I get what I want. And if I haven't gotten what I want yet, I just need to work harder. And then we take that same energy into our fertility and it does the exact opposite. So instead of working for us, what we do is increase our cortisol levels. We increase our adrenal stress. We put a lot of pressure on our thyroid. And we just keep going and pushing harder and pushing harder and we hire more experts or we take more supplements or more fertility teas. We really just go at it. And it is not, I've never met a woman who is not doing enough to get pregnant. So I just want to say that like at least the ones I've worked with, like most of them are doing too much. And so when we talk about fertility, it kind of goes against everything that we were taught growing up as far as health goes, the eat less, move more intensity workouts, sweating, like sweating during your, making yourself sweat during your workouts, that kind of stuff. We got to take a little bit of a different approach when it comes to fertility because your fertility likes a little bit of lazy. She likes a little bit of cushion. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) They need a a good home. It's good for a good home. She likes a little bit of like safety and security and calm. And so when we talk about interventions with fertility, yes, we want to be taking action steps but not obsessive steps. And so I always think if you are in the thick of it, if you're in the eye of the storm and trying to get pregnant and kind of like trying to do it all, it's time to hire someone who can calm that storm down and kind of identify the areas that are important for you to focus on. So instead of trying to do it all, you're just focused on what you need to be doing because what you need is not what Sally down the road needs or anybody. No two women that I work with need the same things. And so Yes, it is possible. Sorry, to answer your question, I got off on a tangent. You are good. I loved (laughs) it, actually. That was perfect. That's what I wanted. Yes, you can be doing too much. And in fact, I see that more often than I see women not doing enough. How do, what are some signs or symptoms? Like if I'm, I I would match that, you know, that stereotype where you said certain, that would be me. A hundred, like hundred percent, like that was me in school. Like it's this and it's Mm -hmm. like, you know what? You work hard and that's what's going to happen. And you get praised for that too. I remember getting Mm -hmm. praised for not needing a lot of sleep or pushing myself more or taking an extra class or adding another job or getting another certification. Like your whole life, you've gotten a pat on the back for going the extra mile. And for me to tell women, hey, I need you to like dial it back in, it's very challenging. And it's it's a surprising challenge for a lot of women. I totally agree. Because that's what when Bailey and I coach, we have a few like one-on-one clients that we do Mm -hmm. training with. And that's what they're these high powered women. And I'm like, how many hours are you sleeping? She's like, well, I only need, I need five to six. I'm like, that's not true. <laughs> they're like a very, there is, I don't, I don't remember what the statistic is of people who need less than six hours who actually like could function in a yes. high level and nothing's changed. That is so slim. It's not me. Like, that's not <laughs> it is certainly not me. If anyone knows in this house that if I don't have sleep and I'm hungry, I am not the person to be around. Nope. It's Mm-mm. just very clear. No one's going to have a good day. <laughs> No, nobody, nobody's having a good day in this house if I don't get my sleep, mm-hmm. you know, and it is, but it's also, you know, in America, it's like, well, you're lazy if you need eight hours of sleep. No, that's, you're a healthy individual. If you can actually set those boundaries and prioritize your sleep. Absolutely. But no one wants to hear that. No, no one wants to hear that. We're getting there. We're just, we'll just, you and I will just keep telling people that and eventually we'll get it. <laughs> Someone will listen. Someone's going to listen. <laughs> Are you currently pregnant, postpartum, or beyond? Lucky for you, Fit Mom and 30 has an exercise and nutrition program for every stage of motherhood. And the best part? The workouts are 30 minutes or less. 
We know there are about a million online fitness options at your fingertips, but our science-backed and doctor-approved fitness and nutrition programs are designed to support you wherever you're at. From safe and effective pre- and postnatal workouts to our 30-minute strength and cardio conditioning classes, there's truly something for everyone. Did we also mention that we have seasonal recipe guides to nourish not only you, but your entire family? Because let's face it, ain't no one going to be making multiple meals in my house. We know finding the time to exercise and eat well can be challenging once you become a mom. And that's exactly why we started Fit Mom in 30. We want you to find your groove again with fitness and nutrition, which is why you can try any of our Fit Mom in 30 programs completely free for seven days. And if you decide you want to stick with us after the seven days, you can get $10 off your membership. All you have to do is enter the code podcast at checkout. How do you know though? So like if I'm, Mm -hmm. I feel like another thing about type A is I might not know when I'm like, to me, it feels like everything's on track. So like what might be some signs, like if you were coaching me and I said all those things, what would be some like signs to you? Like you're, you're actually over, like what exactly what you're doing is overdoing it. Too much stress. So there's a couple really easy indicators that something it's not, we're working against ourselves. So one of the first ones I notice is that you get a good amount of sleep finally and you still wake up absolutely exhausted. doesn't matter if you get four hours of sleep. doesn't matter if you get 10 hours of sleep, 12 hours of sleep. You still wake up and you're just dragging ass the whole day long. Another kind of red flag for me is where you lay down and you cannot fall asleep. So you're tired. You're exhausted from the day, but your brain is wired and you're just Mm -hmm. sitting there. I don't know about you, but I always think of like the doom and gloom things like right before I go to bed, if I'm in that space between sleeping and not sleeping, it's like the things from third grade you're embarrassed that you said to your friend like 25 years ago. <laughs> like yes. in your brain, yes. It's not like you're going to do anything about it, but here, I'm just going to sit for an hour and think about it. Think about it anyway. So exhausted no matter how much rest you get and then tired and wired. So you're having a really hard time falling asleep. Afternoon crashes are also a a dead giveaway that adrenal glands are struggling to keep up with your production level. When we're talking about cycles, cycle irregularity is very, very common. So when I say cycles, it's the beginning, the first day of your period until your next period starts or you get a positive pregnancy test. So the length of that cycle should be fairly consistent month to month. So within like three to five days that you're starting about the same time. So like if you have 25-day cycles, you're pretty consistent around that 25-day cycle. But if you start to have, if you're having 25-day cycles and then maybe a 20-day cycle and then a 30-day cycle and things are kind of all over the place and your ovulation is really inconsistent, that's also a pretty strong giveaway that some some's going on that we got to fix. So those are just a couple things. I mean, there's many, many more, but just right off the top of my head. Those are the the ones I'm like, ah, no. <laughs> and I've had a lot of, you know, everyone likes to have this 28 days as a normal cycle, mm-hmm. but that's not like, that's, I, that's, I hate set numbers. Like I say, hit, I hate set calorie numbers. I hate set like 10,000 steps. Like everything mm-hmm. to me is like compared to what? It depends. So that's what I've, <laughs> right? That's what I was just I, I that's exactly what I wanted you to say because you I I've talked to these like even when we're just like I'm not, you know, not talking about women about fertility, but they're telling me about their cycles. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but it's not 28 days, so it's not normal. I'm like, well, has it been consistent for like your entire life? I'm like, I'm not a doctor or you know, a specialist, so I can't tell you like, but I'm just thinking like 28 days might not be your normal. 
Yes, that is very – it's more common for women not to have a 28-day cycle than it is for women to have is a 28-day cycle. Yes. So yeah. they did a big study. Oh, gosh. I'm going to botch the number. I can't remember which year. It was fairly recently, like in the last 10 years. And they measured when women were ovulating. And only about 13 to 15% of the women in that study ovulated on day 14, which if wow. you're looking at any of those predictor apps, those are all the numbers that they're looking at. They're like, oh, well, you're going to ovulate on 14 – day 14. So if you want to get pregnant, have sex around then. Ah, no, most women will have missed their ovulatory window by that point. And so if we go back to that stress model, the longer, if you're trying to conceive and you're ready to conceive each month that goes by and you don't, the panic starts to creep in and the stress mm -hmm. starts to creep in and the obsession starts to creep in. And so if we can educate ourselves about what your normal ovulation is, what, and I use the term normal very loosely, what your your normal what your normal is when we can educate ourselves and figure out the timing to begin with that can cut an enormous amount of stress from the get go and so just keep that in mind most women do not ovulate on day 14 in fact the majority are on day 15 i'm an early ovulator so i would have been long gone but if i had waited till day 14 <laughs> which is again something that we should have known when we are you know starting out puberty of like when you're talking to your like that's what I'm going to do things so differently with my daughter oh, yeah. and talking about not just like what's about to happen, but why this is occurring and what like, just so you know, cause like I had no idea. And then you jump into it and you're trying to get pregnant and you're like, well, mm -hmm. you know, it's day 14. It's like, no, or not like what signs do you look for? Like, there's just so many things that go into it that like you said, we're, I'm 30 years old and I don't know about my own ovulation uh -huh. cycle. That is nuts. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think we're really quick to sink into that belief that we're broken. I mean, as females, mm -hmm. we've been told most of our lives, our bodies are wrong in some, some form. It's either too big or too small or not the right shape. There are a lot of influences that we've had. And when we can't get pregnant or if our ovulation isn't like, quote unquote, when it's supposed to happen, we're real quick to start judging ourselves. And oh, yeah. unfortunately, with conventional medicine, it sort of affirms and confirms that belief system like, oh, you're broken. You're not following this exact model. Like you need these things, these five things to get pregnant. And so it's unfortunately, I, disheartening was the word that came to mind, but that's not the one I'm thinking of. But it's a good one. It's a very fitting. It's a fitting one. <laughs> it is. I can, I mean, I, that is. That's the feeling you get. So what would, what do you do? So if someone comes to you, like, where do you start? If I'm working with you and I, where do you like to begin? And like, what does your process look like? So I am a trained dietitian. My two degrees, my board certification, all of that is, I, I tell my kids, I have a degree. I, my career is food. food. <laughs> I love it so much, but it doesn't matter how perfect your diet is if your lifestyle isn't supporting your hormones as well. And so I, I started out as a fertility dietitian and transitioned into coaching to broaden my knowledge base isn't my education with clients, my ability to work with them. And so we look at food, we look at movement, mindset, supplements, environment, all of the different aspects of your fertility that you can control. I'm not a medication expert, not a, I don't want to be, I don't want to be a prescription expert. Yeah. So I help women figure out what they can control in their fertility. With that said, the first place I already, I always start with each of my one to one clients. Tell me about what a typical day looks like for you. What time are you getting up? What time do you eat breakfast? What time and what kind of breakfast? Are you feeling hungry? Are you energized? There's a lot of feelings. <laughs> yeah. 
and trying <laughs> to mold and design your life to work with what your goals are. So if you want to get pregnant, we have to kind of pretend like you're already pregnant and take those lifestyle steps that support your fertility because the things that help you get pregnant are the same things that help you stay pregnant. And so that's, that is the question on my questionnaire. Lay out an entire day for me. I want to know what your life is like so that we can mold a plan that works for you. Totally. I mean, that probably includes like things like, do you have other kids too, right? What oh, is yeah. your work? Like, what is your, where are you a working mom? Like, I can't imagine. What's your sleep schedule like? Yeah. I just can't imagine. That's interesting. That's really cool. I bet you, I mean, it's probably cool for you too. I'm sure you're a nerd like me. Like, it's really cool to look at someone's schedule and be like, ooh, what is this? I love it. I, I can see it. So it. I can see it. Little bells going that. off in my head. Oh, we're gonna Ooh, fix that. Right there. This, <laughs> this is good. So uncomfortable. <laughs> this is a good time of day. We're gonna mm-hmm. dig into that. <laughs> I get the same way ar- around like lab work. When we get lab work back, and there's some things that are like flying under the radar, I get so <laughs> I get so excited. <laughs> I love it. Mm-hmm. Well, what would you say? What is your one piece of advice to women who are Right now, struggling. Who are do over? Who probably know that they're overdoing it. They're trying everything. They're deep into this infertility journey. I don't even call it infertility. They're into this trying to get pregnant, and it's just not happening. My number one piece of advice would be knowing that you have options. So, at least in the U.S., when we see our OBGYN, there's. I mean, it's a straight shot to IVF. So you've got. You're, you've got some fertility medication options, and they'll try that for a few months and maybe move into an IUI and then IVF. And for me, it reminds me of a conveyor belt. Like you, you check these boxes, boom, 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 and then you're going to land here. There are so many steps that you can take ahead of time, and you have more control over your fertility than you know. You have so many diet, lifestyle, um, natural interventions that can support you, not only just to improve your fertility, but to improve your entire, how you show up in the world, how you're feeling every day, your experience of the fertility. I hate the word journey. It is, I know, cringes, but that's what it is, your experience of this time. And so I always just like to let women know, like there are more options than just conventional options and you have more control than you've been led to believe. (laughs) Amen. And the system has set set it up like that. Kind of what we were talking about with the high school education, the sex edu- the lack of sex education or reproductive education, you might call it. It there is a lack of knowledge that we have. And so we are relying on other people to lead us through this process. And so I'm here to tell you you got a lot of control over this. <laughs> yes, I know. It's so true. Like you think about what health class was, and it's like, you know how much more how much deeper you could have gone. In health class, like anything besides telling me about my bones, like mm-hmm. yeah, I can look at a diagram and figure that out. <laughs> we we're lacking reproductive education, but also pleasure education too, and that's a yes. huge piece of reproductive health that we've just left out. And it's just here are the parts, and here's your pads. That's what I remember. I remember getting a pack of pads. <laughs> totally, mm-hmm. it is like there's. It's just so surface level. Like no one wants to go deep. It's just kind of like when Bailey and I start talking about people's pelvic floor, and they think it's like. It's a muscle. Like, mm-hmm. why are we like so like, ooh, it's it's a muscle. Like, yeah. you don't say that about your bicep. Like, mm-hmm. just because you can't, it's just so, that's what, you know, I mean, I know I'm, I'm. it takes a lot to like offend me or embarrass me. So I am, but 
at the same time, like it should be like that. If we've been talking about it from when we should be, it wouldn't be a thing. Yeah, exactly. Well, our kids are going to have a very different experience and all the women, I get really excited to work with clients because I know the work that I'm doing with them is going to change their life, but also their kids. And down the line, the influence that this is going to have is so much bigger than just this conception time. Yes. I Mm -hmm. love that. It's so true. (laughs) We're just changing the world. I I agree. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. (laughs) It's going to be great. We need something positive. This is going to be it. (laughs) I need something good on my TikTok feed. (laughs) I I completely agree. You go ahead and talk about you know, fertility all day long. I'll listen. Uh Uh-huh. I'm with you. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me again. Before we go, I'm sure you answered this question last time, but I'm because you have a six and an eight-year-old, you're going to have another one. What is off the top of your head or the most recent of your messy mom moment that you can think of? Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I forgot this question. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. Oh, let, I'm going to give you your messy oh, mom. Oh, thank you. <laughs> can I do this? Yes, please. I'm going to. I'm totally going to. In your little about me post, I read that you gave birth to your second child in a car. Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. That let's talk about that for a minute. <laughs> uh, let's talk well, about that. My first labor was very long. Yeah, I was in labor for 36. It was a marathon, 36 hours. It, it spanned over a week, like a whole weekend. And I didn't give birth till Monday. And so I was Ugh. expecting a pretty long labor the second time. And my biggest well, there was a lot of issues with my first labor, but the, the hardest part for me was going to the hospital and getting turned away. And oh, so yes. I had to dr- – like riding in the car when you're in labor is the worst. Riding in the car twice, it's just a nightmare. And so I made a promise to myself in the second pregnancy – and this is why – this is exactly where I went wrong. I made a promise to myself. I was like, when I go to the hospital, I am only going one time. So I'm going to wait as long as I physically can muster, as long as I can hold on. I'm going to stay at home so that I only have to go once. And I waited too long. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you. Yes, maybe. Just a little tiny just, bit. Just a little. We were actually on the way to the hospital when I started to push. Not by choice. It just, it happened. Because your body is yeah, doing my it. body was getting her out. And so we had to turn around, come back home. And luckily, my neighbor, who's a paramedic, was home. And he actually delivered her in the driveway in my mom's car. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Messy and amazing. I knew. I was like, when I was looking at your profile again, I was like, oh, this is good. Yeah. I like this. And her birth really changed a lot of things for me. It was sort of that moment where I felt really strong and I wasn't embarrassed at all. I was like, I am a badass. Like, I just gave birth in a car. This is amazing. Basically, you know, you think you need, and that's what I mean. I think I realized the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. you think you need all of these. Like, if I have the right person and I have the right doctor and I have the right yeah. situation, we're in the right room and we're in the right position. But it's like your body was meant to do this. If you would actually, like we're saying, like let go of these type A stuff and yes. just let it happen. Like, train for it, but like let it happen, man. Like I'm telling you, I, if I had another child, it's not going to happen. But if I did, like things would be different around here. Yes. Yeah. And I actually, I remember when we were driving back home, I was like, wait, I haven't been checked. I don't know if I'm actually, because I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what to expect. So, you know, like, no, well, oh, yeah. no one does. 
But I was like, this isn't right. I haven't had anybody tell me that it's time to push. I haven't had anybody tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. And so I, yeah, it changed, that birth changed my life. And it actually spurred me on to have confidence to to build this business and do what I'm doing now. And yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yes, I love a happy it. moment though. <laughs> yes, it is. That's what I was like. I know you have a good one. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember you shared it last time, but it, it was worth sharing twice if you did because I, I don't like, remember. Like, oh, this is good. <laughs> Whitney, thank you so much. Tell everyone where we could they can find you. I'll put it in the show notes, but her your profile is awesome. I love looking through your stuff. So please share where everyone can find you. I am on social media at the Fertility Nut. I'm mostly where do Instagram and TikTok. I have a free masterclass on my Instagram. And so if you're interested in learning more that I like I can't tell enough people that masterclass is packed. If you enjoyed any of the nuggets here, that masterclass is the bomb. I'm very proud of it. <laughs> well, good. We'll actually link that because I totally agree. Like this is what this is what people need. Like that's mm-hmm. I just think if I would have had even like you said the few nuggets we've had times 10, mm-hmm. I think a lot would have changed for me. So we'll link that as well. That's awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun. <laughs> yes, of course. It always is. We appreciate it. We will talk to you soon. Bye, mamas. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. You can find us on Instagram at fitmomin30. That's F-I-T-M-A-M-A-I-N-3-0. And let us know what you liked about this episode. We love hearing your feedback and what is resonating with you. You can always find the links and resources mentioned in the show on our website, www.fitmamain30.com, along with our programs for prenatal, postnatal, and beyond. Until next time, bye mamas. Mm -hmm.